Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 4, episode 54. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm joined by Jonathan Savage and he's the Managing Director of You Can Play and he's also a published author. Um, He's Chair of Trustees for the Love Music Trust, um, the Music Education Hub in Cheshire East and he's a Reader in Education at Manchester Metropolitan University. So we've got some really insightful resources, some understanding and, and some real sort of educational background here to try and support you in your music in school. So Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Mark, it's really my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Fabulous. Can we just start with a little bit of history about you and, and how you got involved in music and education and, and sort of how that sort of brought you through to being involved in You Can Play and, and, and actually working within a university as well? Sure, yeah. Um, I started my uh, music education when I was very young, like many people. Um, I learned to play the piano um, with my, my piano teacher at home, with my parents, and I also then had uh, drum lessons from the age of 11 in Surrey, was part of the uh, Surrey County Music Service. And um, I enjoyed my music education. I played in various ensembles and I ended up uh, going to the Royal Northern College of Music to study percussion. Um, Didn't really enjoy that. So um, after a year of studying there, I I went and joined a band and I played keyboards uh, for a while professionally. and uh, we had some children and I thought I probably ought to get a proper job Um, so I went back to university at that point to the University of East Anglia uh, and I did my music degree there um, followed by a teaching qualification. Um, I then taught in two high schools in Suffolk or two secondary schools. Um, I taught at Stowmarket High School and then Debenham High School where I was head of music for a while Um, and then in 2001 I applied for the job um, a senior lecturer post at Manchester Metropolitan University um, and we moved up to Cheshire uh, to do that in in September 2001. So um, I uh, then started working with my colleague Will Evans um, running what is the largest uh, postgraduate certificate in education course for music at secondary level. Um, at the time we had around 70 students each year. Um, I'm still doing that job today um, and we have around 35 to 40 students each year. It's the largest course still in the country. Right. Um, and whilst, whilst doing that, that job, um, I used to visit, I still do, visited a lot of schools around Manchester in the northwest of England. Um, and I saw what I thought were the consequences of some quite poor advice that was being given to schools about their uses of music technology in particular. And um, that was the key reason for forming my company, You Can Play. We wanted to give um, teachers in schools good advice about uh, music education and in particular the use of music technology. Um, and we wanted to do that in, in, a, in a sort of non-partisan way, you know, we, without having to uh, worry about sort of, uh, you know, selling particular products at particular prices and all that sort of thing. So um, uh, in its formation, You Can Play was just that, a consultancy company. We worked with schools on projects and we helped advise them. We also worked with companies in the music industry to help them understand the music education market as well and to help them design products that were more suited perhaps to music education in schools. And one of our key partners right from the very beginning was Roland, the music instrument manufacturer uh, based in Swansea, obviously the parent company based in Japan. 
And we've worked closely with Roland and subsequently other companies ever since to help them do that. Uh, a key part of our, our work at that time was also designing software for music education. And I had some friends who were good computer programmers and artistic and graphic designers and, and composers, etc. And we pulled those people together and used their talents uh, to create different pieces of music software, um, which some folk might remember, um, software like Sound to Picture, which was a, a guide to the world of contemporary sound design, um, Sound to Game, which was a piece of software that was about sound design for computer games, obviously, and um, other pieces of software as well. And um, that, that was a really enjoyable early start to our company. And more recently, certainly in the last four to five years, um, what happened was we um, lost some of that consultancy work with the music industry um, because of cuts to their funding and various other bits and, th bits and pieces that were going on at the time, notably following the, uh, the financial crash. And we asked those companies whether or not we could carry on uh, advising and, and doing some work with them on a, a free basis um, if we were able to then take on the selling of their products into the education market. And quite a few of the companies, uh, with Roland being the first, um, have allowed us to do that. So today we do sell musical instruments um, into the music education market and we do that at a preferential price, um, which has been agreed with our, uh, our partners. Um, and we fund from the profits of those sales, we fund our wider work. We're a, we're a not-for-profit company, um, which means that we, we use the profits that the company make to support music education um, in the grassroots, really. Uh, we support ensembles, we support in individual instrumentalists, and we support, support community projects um, through our, our profits. We're, we're not allowed to pay uh, large dividends to shareholders or directors or anything else like that. Um, we're, we're not quite a charity, but uh, we are we are very conscious that the profits that we make get fed back into supporting the company's work. That, that's really interesting and a fantastic way to be because as we chatted just before we started recording, you know, the, the music education within schools is, is sort of disappearing in lots of ways and the funding is diminishing. And I think anything which anybody outside the teaching profession can do to, to help support that in any way it can like you say whether it's supporting an individual or providing instruments or supporting with someone's great project idea i think is invaluable yeah absolutely i mean we're in we're in a lucky position now of you know having we're a small company but we have you know a good a, a good a good turnover in terms of the work that we're doing each year and we are able to generate uh, you know some profits which we can invest back into to music education in different ways um i would agree with you that uh, recent the recent years for music education in the in the United Kingdom have been difficult as a result of some poorly what I would think are some poorly handled political choices by our policymakers. Um, that said, um, you know we've all got to to, to to try and make the best of the situation as it is. Um, and you know each week actually I do receive emails from heads of music in schools um, who are facing very difficult cuts to curriculum time. And also cuts to funding, and um, and they're equally equally um, important. Both of those. I mean, the the squeezing of music education in the curriculum is a real concern at the moment, as a result of you know things like the the e e eback, for instance. Um, but similarly, the sort of marginalisation of music education in many schools, and the perception amongst some head teachers that music education is like an add-on to the curriculum rather than a core part of uh, a curriculum offer. 
um, is also worrying. Um, we, we, as a company, we've tried to respond to that and, and we've invested invested some time and resources into the creation of a funding guide for music education, um, which is freely available from our website. Um, it's basically um, around 12, 12 to 13 pages of ideas from the projects that we've worked in with schools um, and from stories that, that music education music educators in those schools have told us and teachers have told us um, about how to raise funds for music education in different ways and it signposts um, you know some charitable funding sources of course which there are around which people need to be aware of but it also outlines some practical steps that um, you know heads of music and, and teachers of music in primary schools um, can take to also generate funds themselves so hopefully that's uh, one small small kind of positive thing that we can point your your audience to absolutely and I have to say that's that's how I came across um, across you can play to begin with was I, I was searching for things um, funding related because I'm um, I, I know from as a parent as well as being in music education that um, the issue is is where can we find a little bit of money to help it once we've got to the point where you've got someone who's keen to actually help and put music at, at the heart of a school or at least as an integral part of what's going on as you say because the funding is obviously isn't there um, how do we go about that and it is those practical tips isn't it? it is working with your PTAs it is actually just making it a bit more maybe cross-curricular in a way that you can use funding in slightly different ways that just enables it to be in a more integral part of your curriculum absolutely i would agree with that entirely and and, and i would um like to emphasize i think what you've just said in relation to how music relates to other subjects um i think one of the ways that i've noticed that um people have been able to get funding for music education is when they've aligned music to you know english or mathematics or the sciences for instance which do have a preeminence in our schools and and if you can create cross-curricular projects where you're meeting your aims as a music educator but you're also supporting other areas of the curriculum in terms of what they're doing i think those kinds of projects do stand a a good chance of obtaining um, external funding for instance Um, i'll give you can can give you a quick example Um, we we ran a project in our town recently called sandbatch then and now which was a, a project whereby um, we, we wanted our local residents uh, and school children and, and adults as well to understand more about the contribution that Sandbach, the folk of Sandbach made to the, the World War I effort. And we were able to get a grant from the Heritage Lottery Fund for, for a project that linked together music and the arts and the local history side of um of of things um and i don't think we you know without that heritage and history element within that we wouldn't have been able to obtain that funding but we were also able on the back of that to do some interesting uh music education projects in our local primary schools um i think that's absolutely brilliant and and what i what i find more and more interesting the more people i chat to about this is that one of the most important things is the whole idea of partnering isn't it is the fact that it's very hard when you're a teacher in school just thinking right i've now need to i want to create this and how do i go about it because your time is limited and your resources are limited um but actually it's using the it's using the professionalism and expertise of people around you and i guess Music hubs and, and and as you said, you know you're you're an advisor and chair of trustees of a music hub. Does that? 
how, how, how do teachers sort of approach you um, directly or, or the hub specifically in terms of, of going about getting that extra support rather than just being passive and maybe taking on a, um, a wider opportunities or first access project which they get offered and actually going the other way and actually going to the hub and saying, look, this is our idea. Could you help us find some way of either funding it or certainly give us a pointer in the right direction of how we might make it a reality? Yeah, um, well, I think you're absolutely right. The partnership working is absolutely essential in today's education climate. And the days of a teacher of music or a head of music doing everything themselves are well and truly numbered, or if they haven't finished already. (laughs) Um, uh, I I honestly believe that working in partnership can be the most rewarding and uh, beneficial thing for everyone involved. And, And it's at the core of how we run our business. Um, at you can play we, we have some very strong educational partnerships with institutions um, schools colleges and universities and we also have very strong partnerships with the instrument manufacturers roland um, uh, korg presonus nord and all of the other steinway and all of the other companies that we work with directly um, in relation to music education hubs they have a specific um, remit to provide that partnership if you like to the the, the schools and other other music education organizations in their local areas and and at the love music trust uh, we take that incredibly seriously um and yes we're not about um you know just offering services to schools that that's part of what a music education hub should do but it's only a part of it the other part of it which is you know equally important is that they're seen to be listening to schools and and other organizations in their area asking them questions about what they're doing and how they can support their work rather than just seek to you know augment it or or replace it which is clearly not often not 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 desirable so the conversation between a music education hub and the other music educational organizations in an area needs to be two-way and it needs to be consistent you know we need to find um uh, systematic forms of that communication being sustained over longer periods rather than just being one-off occasional kind of conversations and and we need to work hard at understanding what we're all trying to do and and bring those um aims together in a, a coherent way so i mean i like to think you know we, we we do we do that quite well in the love music trust and we've built over the last uh four to well probably longer than that now six to seven years a, a very close network of organizations that share a set of, uh, of values and aspirations for music education and as a result you know the young people in cheshire east um can have access to that network and you know if you're a a talented youngster playing uh, the drums in a local secondary school. Yes, you can benefit from the school ensembles that you're part of and the, maybe the drum teacher who comes to visit your school. But you've also then got the opportunity maybe to work in a an area-wide ensemble to, to access some specific uh, lessons at the Royal Northern College of Music, which is one of our partners, um, to, 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 to be um, inspired by the world of music uh, in terms of the next level, maybe the professional world by visiting artists or or, or students who have already worked through the system and, and have seen to be been successful. And you, you're opening children's eyes, aren't you, to the potential of music education and where it can take them in life generally. And that can be, be, be very, very uh, rewarding. I think that's it. And it's where um, I sort of 
um, have to suddenly sometimes have a little word with myself because um, I'm sort of sometimes have quite sort of strict um, memories or strict ideas about my journey into the profession you know and it was because I had a thriving school with lots of music and I could see lots of ensembles going on I had friends that were in county ensembles and that kind of thing and it started back in my primary school with uh, a teacher who was just very musical and really wanted um, to give us all an opportunity um, but it is that kind of that was how it was then and and that's great. There are still some schools that have got that, but they're a little bit more sort of further apart than they used to be. And it's it's finding what you need in the environment that you actually find yourself in. And from there, you can make some good choices. And it sounds like the sort of thing you were just talking about is exactly that. You know, if you have the opportunity to start a lesson or you have the opportunity to meet someone, it might be that you have to go out of school. It might be that you need to find organisations that can support you, not directly within your school. But as you said, again, it's just a, an early form of partnership, is it? And understanding that it's the relationships with people around you that are key rather than necessarily just being spoon-fed a direction that takes you from a to b oh one up yeah 100 mark um i mean i think there's a a really key key role for music teachers still in all of this you know skillful passionate um well qualified music teachers are at the heart of um, a successful music education system and you mentioned the teacher one or two teachers in in your comment there that influenced your life and I can look back in into my life and my, my son for instance who's now 23 and studying um, jazz drums at the Royal Northern College of Music as a result of receiving a brilliant music education in a in a local school here in Sandbach with an inspiring head of music you know there are always key people that shape our our children's lives in terms of their musical sort of direction but um, those those very teachers, the, the, the really good ones, know that they're just part of part of a um, a, a network of, of music educators, and you know they need to. Well, I'm sure they do know, and all teachers need to know when they when they're dealing with you know specific children and specific talents. Um, you know that, that, that they they can't provide everything those children need just through what they're doing, and so they need to be knowledgeable about what's going on. Um, outside of the immediate school environment in in their local area and make those positive connections to the work of other other organizations other people um, other teachers and and not seem to be threatened by that which i'm sure i'm sure you know most teachers wouldn't be um, so having that joined up uh, approach in in the teachers thinking about the opportunities that are available through the music education hub um, that that to me is one of the core things that that good music education hubs are doing that they, they sh- they're not just about delivering stuff to schools that that's that's a small part of what they do um, there's an awful lot of other stuff that that goes on uh, in, in in music education hubs that that supports uh, uh, schools and makes connections and, and, the, and as, as I said in my first comment you know the conversations and the flow of information goes both ways yeah and I, I experienced that to some extent this week my uh, our youngest daughter um, did a concert with uh, the local community orchestra um, and they they actually rehearse of an evening um, in the school prime in the primary school um, and so their Christmas concert they invited the the school choir to go and perform as well so not only was it just a question of the school choir singing then the orchestra playing a piece there was some where they were playing and singing at the same time which was lovely and also just getting giving them the opportunity to actually hear an orchestra live you know because that that sort of thing just doesn't happen as much as it used to or the opportunity for that and it is that's just because within the community there was that opportunity and um and it was taken up and and that's that's a really exciting and a positive thing i think uh yeah i'd agree entirely i mean in in our part of the world in in the northwest you know you'll know that uh brass bands are a a hugely important part of our 
um, our lives. And, and uh, you know, we're in Sandbatch, for instance, we're lucky to have, you know, the world famous uh, Foden's band, uh, part, originally part of the Foden's Lorry Works. Um, and Foden's band have, you know, they're a championship section brand and they have a lot of success. We also have the amazing Lions Youth Band, which are a, a, a fantastic um, youth band they rehearse in in, in in a local sandbatch school and there are loads of other uh, community bands as well now you know when children are learning brass instruments in primary school you know as as the music education hub in in cheshire east you know the love music trust made a decision that there's no there's no point of us creating a uh, a love music trust brass band because there are all these fantastic bands already so what we've done is we've we've gone out to talk to those bands we've looked at their work we've helped support them uh, financially we've provided a signpost for children in schools who are working you know with brass instruments to, to join those bands to help help increase their numbers and help um, support their development and and of course the, the, the progression of the brass playing through those bands you know into into higher ensembles and, and uh, etc um, is there for, for all to see so I think I think it's a, it, that, that's a, a good example of, of that sort of joined up approach to music education using you know e- excellence in other ensembles in your local area to help build programs for for, for for children rather than just seeking to do it all yourself I, th- I think that's great and, and and as you say a lot of these people have the time and the passion and the resources to like you say there's no point in reinventing the wheel because then you just have two versions of the same thing and and, and yes. the, the, by definition the idea of partnership and collaboration is actually working together isn't it and doing the best for for the children that they have and Absolutely. Uh, and, and and just sort of one step from that is the fact i also see that you have some studios as well um and and you sounds like you've had quite a lot of exciting things happen th- and through there so how how, how does that 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 work with it within the company yeah so what we um, what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a a space in our local community for young bands to come and work um and and adults as well um but we had particularly had young people in, in our minds when we set it up so we we started a, a rehearsal studio it's called the UCAN studios it's based in a mill just outside sandbatch which we rent from um, our landlord who, who who owns the whole of the sort of estate where this mill is based um, and yeah we, we've we've created the space and it's full of um, uh, instruments and technologies that we um, got from our, our various industrial partners um, and yeah we have a, a regular number of uh, young bands and um, professional bands and, and others uh, coming into that space to rehearse and and use the facilities and we, we try to keep the cost of that as low as possible to help, um, particularly with with younger people who are in full time education, to help them uh, develop their music making. And I mean, it's been we've done it for we're in our third year with that project, particular project. Um, and I mean, it has been a real eye opener for me personally, in that um, you know I, I I was lucky. Well, I was lucky. I, I I mean, the the way things worked for me was that I received quite a um, uh, a kind of classical music education, I suppose you might say, um, you know, through playing in, in, in youth orchestras in Surrey Heath Youth Orchestra and Surrey County Youth Orchestra and the National Youth Orchestra, and, uh, you know, as a percussionist. Um, and I, I love classical music to this day. Um, but but cl- a classical music education is obviously, you know, of, of a particular type. And um, most of the folk that I meet who are coming into the studio have not had a classical music education. They've learned their instruments and the, the bands have, have been brought together in, in a completely different way, uh, learning, you know, learning to play instruments from YouTube videos or by by uh, listening to their favorite artists or, or whatever it might it might be and, and teaching each other in sort of peer groups or 
or whatever. And, you know, we've got uh, dentists and plumbers and gas fitters and and all sorts of folk who come into the studio. And it just it's just reminded me personally how important music is in all of our lives. It's sort of like I, I kind of call it a social glue. It kind of brings all of these people from a huge range of different settings together. They can share their passion and enjoyment of music. And we're particularly excited um, in the UCAN studios to see and support um, the development of original music. Um, that's one of the, the things we love when bands come in and they're working uh, like, like a group of lads are coming in at the moment on a Thursday night. They're coming in every Thursday uh, to, to produce a, an album's worth of material. Which, they're ne- which they've nearly done. And in February next year, they're going to go down to a studio in London and record their album um, uh, and then um, try to promote that. So that's that's a, a group of lads in their early 20s. That they're, they're really passionate. They're very, very good songwriters. And it's just great to be a small part of you know their journey uh, in providing a space for them to work in. So it really sounds as if, you know, where you are in Sandbach, you know, that there are so many opportunities and you're obviously an integral part of that in so many different ways from being the, the managing director of You Can Play through to the music hubs and, and all of that kind of thing. So it, I think for anybody listening, the first thing to think about is what is it that I'd like to provide for my students? What is it that I'd like to be able to achieve or some kind of project or something which you think, oh, that would be an excellent thing to do? And within that, just start looking around your community. What opportunities are there? You know, are there local orchestras? Are there local studios? Speak to your music hub and, and see what connections they have that they might be able to put you involved in. Um, because what that really does is it just then opens the world because what you think you might like to do, there's probably something even more out there. It's just a question of finding it. And that and that's really an integral part of the job these days. It's just actually knowing what's available and how you might like to link that with something that you're doing within your school. So I, I really would just advise to going out and seeing what there is around and you normally find you'll just meet the right person at the right time who'll put you in contact with the right person and then a whole world of opportunities that'll open up for you without you really having to work too hard about it and um, and I think that's then really exciting so rather than us having this kind of sense of we don't have the time or the money to do any music in school all of a sudden all these things just become open and the possibilities start to become endless again which is a much better position to be in certainly as teachers and especially to give that opportunity for our pupils as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right. A couple of things just in response to that. Yes, look locally. Um, but but of course, you know, the Internet has transformed how people can be put, brought together. And uh, you, you found me through social media, I think, or through searching for some funding um, materials. That's right. Um, uh, we're, not, we're not linked together, as far as I know, locally. I'm speaking to you from Sandbach. I'm not entirely sure where you are. Yes, I'm but, in the Midlands, yeah, so we're not local. Okay, yeah, so, right. so we're definitely not local, but we're having a – well, I'm really enjoying the conversation, and hopefully uh, people are finding it helpful. Um, but look for the – also look for the, the sort of mega-connected hubs. You know, look for the organisations that – um, have have good networks already and tr- and seek to tap into those and you know I, I mean for instance you know you can play as a company is is you know it's a, it's a small company but we've got a very good network our entire business has been built on partnership working um, we we uh, you know we, we we connect to internationally famous brands um, Steinway Roland you know etc um, and we we've, we've managed to kind of build into their sort of networks, if you like, through their marketing to help establish ourselves a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Manchester Metropolitan University is a super connected organisation across 
not just Manchester, but but the United Kingdom and internationally. And the, one of the brilliant things about working for a university is you're 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 connected to all sorts of other interesting projects and people and organisations which can help enrich, you know, not just the life of of the staff and students at Manchester U, uh, Metropolitan University, but also others around us. Um, I'll give you an example. We we, we had a, a the brilliant Wayne Ellington, who's a, a gospel choir director who came to work who comes to work with our students each year now his his choir won the bbc songs of praise gospel choir of the year competition last year um and you know he's just a brilliant person who enriches all of our lives through his passion for 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 singing and the students of course really benefit from the uh the the sort of technique and and expertise he brings around uh running uh and 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 organizing gospel choirs um and the love you know the love music trust and your music education hubs are well connected organizations in your local areas which you you know as a music teacher or or just a teacher of any other subject you can tap into and uh, and, and and bring resources um, around your students so absolutely use the internet use social media to connect to people and look out for those um uh, super hubs if you like or mega connected organizations that you can uh, uh, benefit from as well that's great advice and um so could you just let us know what's the best way of getting in t- contact with you um uh, your, your website that um people can see those resources that you said about the funding um which i think would be really useful for people and, and also just to say if you go to educationonfire.com we'll have links to all these things as well but uh just just as a, a, a parting place for people to come in and get that information that you've been talking about yeah, we have a, a website, um, as you'd, I'm sure everyone uh, would expect. Um, so it's uh, www.youcanplay, spelt U-C-A-N-P-L-A-Y, uh, .org.uk. That's fabulous. And Jonathan, thank you so much for chatting. It's been really interesting, and um, it's great to hear someone who's got so much passion but also have the the practical abilities and the and the connections and the know-how to help join all these things together and i think that's the kind of support that as educators and teachers we're it's really exciting to hear just to know that despite all the difficulties that it may seem on the surface there are some great opportunities out there yeah thank you mark i I really appreciate you getting in touch and thanks for the invitation and and, um i hope your audience have enjoyed the podcast but also more importantly that they've got um uh brilliant ideas for taking music education forwards and, and we are very happy to help in any way we we possibly can that's brilliant thank you thanks for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information of each episode and to get in touch go to educationonfire.com Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.